Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is a Manhattan-bound B Express train. The next stop is Grand... Welcome to Skylines, the City Metric podcast. I'm John. And I'm Barbara. And this week we're doing something a little bit different because John has been on holiday. So, John, where have you been? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we haven't had time to do a, a proper one. We'll be back next week with, with full regular service. But, yeah, we're going to do a... Basically, I'm going to tell everyone what I did on my holidays, which is a nice, <laughs> nice little treat for you all. Um, but it, it, is, it is relevant because I have been to Miami, which is... Well, firstly, it's a city, as you will probably know. And uh, we're very big on cities very around here. Very brand. Yeah. yeah. Um, but more interestingly, it's a city that's basically doomed. I mean, there's while I was out there, um, I kind of had this awareness that Miami is a very low-lying city. It's somewhere that's going to be hit by rising seawaters. If, if that comes to pass, it probably will. So while I was out there, I was sitting on the beach thinking, well, that's, how, how big a deal is this? So I, so I, I Googled it, and I spent, then spent the next hour reading a Rolling Stone's Long Read from 2013, and I suddenly felt like I was like, you know, parting on the deck of the Titanic. You suddenly realize that this this city of like five million people is basically going to be underwater within the next hundred years, possibly a lot sooner than that. And nobody seems to have noticed. And it's a bit, it's a bit terrifying. Yeah, because it seems like there's two. So I know not a lot less about this than you, but it does seem like there's two prongs to this. There's the kind of the basic geological thing, which which is that Miami is going to be prone to massive flooding it's on kind of porous rock it's yeah. right by the sea it's very low lying but then as ever there's also this kind of city management perspective that it just doesn't seem like enough is being done and it's just not the kind of um local government that seems able to deal with this massive massive problem yeah i mean let's let's take those in order let's do the geology first miami uh is is, is very low lying it's looking at some figures um you know if waters rise by three feet, a third of Southern Florida is gone, and that's you know that's enormous. Um, but more than that, it also sits on limestone, which is porous, so the water will come up from below. And to the west of Miami, you've got the Everglades, which are swamps, so the water will come from there as well. So it, it, it will just it, the, the water is going to be literally everywhere as it starts rising. And that has all sorts of impacts. That will mean um, the obvious one is like you, know, you actually just get floods all the time. 
But it also means water will get into salt water will get into reservoirs of drinking water. So you'd need to spend a lot more on desalination. Water sort of underground will, will start rotting wiring, which means there'll be blackouts. Um, and you know all of this starts feeding into other stuff. Like you know, somewhere down the line, it's going to become harder to get a mortgage because people banks literally won't believe that homes are going to be there in thirty years' time. It'll be harder to get home insurance, so premiums will go through the roof because the risk is so much higher. And you know, somewhere down the line, presumably, people are going to start leaving because of all this. But that's not happening yet. At the moment, people are still flooding there because it's you know glorious weather and it's quite a nice quality of life. And there does yeah. seem, seem to be this sort of cognitive dissonance around the idea that the, the place could die at all. But so do you think the, the sort of inaction on this, is it down to that? Is it down to just knowing there's not enough money? Or is it that there's actually just not very much you can do in those conditions? I mean, can you set up like big, you know, wall, sea walls or... Um, can you fill in the holes in the limestone? I mean, what I what know. would the solution be? Um, I mean, Miami has just joined the 100 Resilient Cities program, which suggests that somebody out there thinks there must be at least some hope. Which is, <laughs> must be resilient somewhere. Yeah, which is which Hidden is strengths. which is positive. Yeah. But it's kind of hard to see what the engineering solution is. Like that Rolling Stone piece I mentioned, um, they talked to some Dutch engineers who were working on uh, protecting New Orleans from flood. And and that's actually possible because you do the same kind of things you've done in in the Netherlands for centuries, where you kind of divert water into channels, you raise some of the land, you can kind of put up protective seawalls. You know, that we have a plan for. Miami, the problem is just the thing where it is effectively going to be surrounded by water and on low-lying land, and you know, it's incredibly difficult to come up with an engineering solution. It doesn't mean it's impossible, but it's not obvious what it is. So do you think that they'll just have to ditch it? I mean, is that, is that ever a possibility with a city of that size? I mean, I think there is just this element of cognitive dissonance which you get around climate change more generally, don't you? It's, like we, it's unimaginable that this could happen, so you sort of assume it won't, that somewhere down the line someone will come up with a clever engineering solution and everything will be fine. Mm. But I don't think we can rule out the possibility that that's, that's not going to happen. Um, but you also you mentioned the, the politics of the situation are interesting because within uh, Miami and the sort of various associated cities and the conurbation like Miami Beach is actually a separate city and so on these are generally quite liberal places they're very multicultural um, there's a lot of concern about climate change within Miami itself but it sits within a state which is much more like the old south like the reason Florida is such an important swing state is basically because Miami votes Democratic and the rest of the state votes Republican um, and you know the people in the state house in Florida who control much of the money a lot of them don't even believe in climate change they kind of they're yeah. just not having any of it The Guardian had quite a good piece on this on the kind of political side um which we can link to in the show notes but yeah it is kind of strange that something as obvious as this can become about ideology when it's just clear that it is going to happen and you don't have to be i mean even if you want to talk about sea rises as being divorced from climate change they are happening so yeah even if you don't believe in anthropomorphic climate change something is going on and a low-lying place like miami surely needs to adapt but but the city can't fund its own even if there was some sort of multi billion pound infrastructure uh, billion dollar infrastructure project you could do to fix this the city probably doesn't have the resources to do that itself um and if if 
people do start moving away, if insurance premiums go up, that's going to get harder because so much of the city income in, in the US is based on local property taxes. Well, if if property values fall mm. because suddenly you know no one wants to spend several hundred thousand dollars on something that's going to be underwater in, in half a century, um, then that's going to hit property taxes, which will also hit the budget for infrastructure improvements that actually solve this problem. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, there is a danger of kind of getting into a vicious circle, really. This is a very cheery episode, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're sending out messages of hope to the yeah. citizens of Miami, yeah. which are basically, move somewhere else now. But I suppose the message then is that the government needs to do something before people catch on in a way, that they're almost lucky that there already isn't widespread panic about this and that they people are still very keen to move there, to live there. And yeah. while they have that kind of buoyancy of their budget, they need to get investing. Yeah, and it's... I mean, Miami is, is one of the cities I know best for various reasons. And it's it's an amazing place. You've got this wonderful subtropical temperature, but it's just got a fantastic cultural mix as well mm. because it's got this, the, 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 the Jewish diaspora who moved down from New York. You've got uh, a very big Cuban population. It's a big African-American city. It's very international. There's a lot of Russian tourists in the in the, the part we go to for reasons I'm not quite sure. But it, it does just kind of have that sort of feeling mm. of, of energy and all these different cultures rubbing up against each other that, that I, I think makes all the best cities worth living. And, you know, at the moment, people still are, are going there in droves. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting to think that, like, it's just so weird. It's felt like a microcosm for the whole climate change thing where I was just sat there in, in this sort of paradise reading about how like the place is going to flood possibly yeah. very probably that beautiful in my sea lifetime. is going to get closer and closer and yeah. closer i mean they're already they have to import sand <laughs> because so much of it gets washed away so mm-hmm. somewhere somewhere down the line um if they can't afford to do that anymore all the beaches would just become like you know rugged bits of limestone mm-hmm. it's just crazy yeah. and i guess the depressing thing as well is that inevitably as this happens gradually, because obviously it won't be one giant tidal wave, it'll kind of be eroding at the edges of the city. But things like that always end up having a class implication because there are probably people who can afford to build a raised home to live on. Or, But it's those kind of um, maybe minority groups or less well-off groups who will be forced out. So even if some element of Miami is preserved, it might be this kind of walled city of people who could invest in staying there. I mean, maybe. I mean, that's definitely always a risk. I wonder, though, if actually it'll be the rich who find it easiest to jump to ship when yeah, the time possibly. comes because it's it's not as if just everyone's going to wake up one day and place underwater it's going to be like a series of escalating mm-hmm. so it'll be like a hurricane katrina type thing where it becomes clear that the city is in danger and all the insurance premiums go through the roof yeah. and people leave and a lot of and the vital infrastructure starts decaying because there's not enough money to and it yeah, becomes true. that sort of vicious circle so I, which kind of dystopia are we looking at yeah. that's the question uh right well if, you, if yeah so if anyone out there listening has any ideas for for saving, saving miami, miami or any any other cities in similar danger then do get in touch because we really want a happy ending here small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. 
Only from Rustolium. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 